Hello and welcome to the Strikeout Central podcast. I'm your host, Michael. Uh, we are at episode number three of this podcast. Um, in this episode, uh, I'll discuss MLB's uh, punishment for the Boston Red Sox as a result of their investigation, as well as some new plans for MLB trying to play the 2020 season. Uh, in addition to this podcast, please follow my website at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily baseball posts. Before we begin, I'd like to welcome today's guest, Boston Globe reporter Pete Abraham. How's it going? Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. So, first topic, uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, Major League Baseball has released the findings of their investigation into the World Series champions of 2018, the Boston Red Sox, last week. Uh, the punishments are the loss of a second-round draft pick in 2020, the suspension of video operator J.T. Watkins for one year, and he'll be reassigned in the 2021 season, and the suspension of then-manager Alex Cora for one year, but his suspension is solely related to his role with the 2017 Houston Astros. Uh, my first question is, uh, do you think the punishment fits the crime? Uh, no, I actually, I don't. I think it was too severe. They, they didn't seem to have found very much. Um, the, the report is full of, um, it seems to acknowledge that they didn't find very much. There's a lot of supposition. There's a lot of, um, you know, he may have done this. We don't know how many times he did it. Uh, players think that something might have happened, but they don't know for sure. So, uh, and the fact that Watkins denied it um, registered with me a lot. He's, he's a guy who went to West Point and was an Army lieutenant. Uh, I don't think he would deny something lightly. Uh, I think he's a guy whose word means a lot to him. So I, it doesn't seem to me like reading the report, and I've read it through several times now, uh, that they have very much. And uh, a second-round pick where there could be only five rounds in the draft uh, is a pretty significant punishment, and, and they may have ruined the career of a young guy who probably didn't do too much. So uh, it seems like they were trying to justify what was more than three months of investigation. Yeah, yeah, that investigation uh, definitely took a lot of time and uh, didn't really find all that much. Um, so with that being said, uh, before the results got released, lots of members of the 2018 Red Sox spoke out against it. Um, Steve Pierce and Joe Kelly more recently, J.D. Martinez a little bit longer ago, um, they said they didn't do anything wrong. Um, the report says that Cora might not have relayed the rules uh, regarding use of the video replay room to them clearly enough. Uh, so I want to know if you agree with um, with that uh, sentiment from the commissioner. Well, the, the, I think a lot of this, and this, it's true around the league, is, is players have their own interpretation of what the rules are as opposed to maybe what the rules are actually are in black and white. And one thing I thought was interesting was when the Astros investigation was revealed, there were numerous players, dozens of players, who spoke out against the Astros on social media and said that what they did was clearly wrong and, you know, there were insulting comments made directly to Astros players from other players. When the Red Sox investigation came out, there has not been even one of those things that has happened. Not one player from another team has spoken out against it. Not one manager, not one general manager, nobody. And I think that reflects um, what the player's understanding is of these rules. They don't feel like the Red Sox crossed any lines although technically they may have based on the MLB rules and part of that is because uh, the video is so prevalent in the clubhouse and in the dugout during games that I think the players aren't exactly clear 
um, what they're supposed to do. And, and you know, th- there's literally things that, that they could do. They, they could watch their own at-bats, for instance. You can mm-hmm. watch your own at-bat. A pitcher can watch how he pitches, but you're not supposed to notice what the catcher's signs were. That, that's basically what the rule is, which is a ridiculous thing. So I think MLB needs to act, and I think they will act, in figuring out a way to either shut the video off during the game or control it in such a way that it, it, it couldn't be used to steal signs. Yeah, yeah, that's something they probably should um, get a little clearer on that, make that pl- make that point clearer. Um, and now uh, going on to the uh, manager situation right now, uh, obviously the Red Sox removed the interim tag from new manager Ron Renicki, and uh, his contract only runs through this season. Uh, this is the last season of it. And Alex Cora still remains uh, very well liked in the um, Red Sox circles in the locker room. So um, after whatever season we have this year, um, when Cora's uh, suspension will likely end, um, do you think they go back to Cora? Do you think they stick with Renicky, or would they potentially go a different route? Well, there's there's certainly a lot of different ways that it could go. I don't think Renicky is the of the long term manager of the Sox. This is a guy who's um, close to retirement, and I think he took on the team this year because it made the most sense for him to take on the team this year, given the uh, abrupt transition with Alex getting let go and uh, everything that was going on. Having a guy come from the outside a week before the start of spring training would have been difficult for everybody. So uh, that's why I think he's the manager. And then the other factor in this whole thing is Haim Bloom. Yep. If um, if Dave Dombrowski were still the GM, I think his choice would be to bring Alex back. He was the guy who hired Alex. Uh, Dombrowski wouldn't care what anybody else thought. He's a long-established guy. But now that Haim Bloom is the, the GM... Uh, he might want his own guy. Uh, I think it's reasonable to think that a, a new general manager would want his own manager, somebody he can work closely with. Maybe there's somebody uh, he knows from the Rays or, or somebody he's come across over the years that he would like. He might not necessarily want Cora to come back. So uh, the ultimate decision, of course, is going to lie with the owners. Uh, when you own the team, you can you can hire whoever you want. So uh, I think the door is is going to be open until it's closed. I think right you know until the Red Sox say, "Here's who our manager is for 2021." There's going to be a lot of speculation that it'll be Alex Cora. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And obviously uh, that speculation is coming due to the fact that um, his suspension is only related to Houston in 2017. Um, so we're going to move on a bit now, uh, go away from the Red Sox a little bit. Um, so obviously uh, the pandemic has um, left the 2020 season in doubt. Uh, MLB is trying to do whatever they can to try to get a season in, it seems. Um, Some interesting plans have been uh, floated, uh, such as entire season in Arizona, playing it in Florida as well as Arizona. Uh, More recently, we have a three-state system with uh, Florida, Arizona, and uh, potentially Texas. And uh, these regional um, brackets somewhat for the 2020 season with um, division realignment based on the regions. Um, is there is there any one plan that stands out to you as being more feasible than um, the others, and why why would that be? Well, I think the the most recent plan that there would be three divisions based on geography that teams could maybe go to Arizona or Florida to have like a spring training, maybe play a few games there and then try to go back to their parks as they you know the cities come open i think that makes more sense than the arizona thing where you're expecting 
this huge amount of people to be quarantined in, in hotels in the Phoenix area and, and hope that that will somehow work out. I think as testing becomes more pre- uh, prevalent, you're going to see, um, you know, maybe cities will be more, uh, have more ability to have teams. You won't see games with fans, I don't think, this year, but you could certainly have enough testing availability that players could be tested. Uh, people who work in the television business, you know, to broadcast the games could be tested. Uh, somebody like myself who would be covering a game could be tested. And maybe MLB could do something like, uh, you know, for every test that they use, they could donate, you know, two tests back to the city or something like that. Yeah. I think that's what they're doing in European in European soccer league. So I think there is going to be a season. I, I, I don't know how long it's going to be. It might only be, you know, 85 or 100 games. But the momentum seems to be moving towards having, you know, some kind of season at the end of June, maybe the beginning of July. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, especially um, the shorter season idea because the fact that where we are now and there's still no clear-cut favorite yet, um, we're going to stay on that topic right now. Um, Obviously, the players um, and their families will probably have to make uh, a decent amount of uh, sacrifices to to probably play this 2020 season. such as, you know, potentially living in isolation or being away from their family, staying in a certain region for potentially months on end. Do you think these could, obviously you don't know the players, but do you think these are some, some of these are sacrifices the players could be willing to make to get a season going? Well, yeah, I mean, I I do know the players. I've been covering the team for a a while now, but I I know some of those guys I think would want to do it because they, they want to get their paychecks and, especially some of the younger guys who don't have long-term contracts, uh, the, the money is significant to them. I think other guys, you know, Chris Sale's wife just had a baby. And, you know, I mean, Chris isn't going to be able to play anyway because yeah, he's coming off yeah. surgery. Yeah, Tommy John, yeah. But if you're a guy, you know, whose wife just had a baby, you might not be too, uh, you know, keen on the idea of going away for two and a half months. Or if you're worried about, you know, uh, your mom and dad, or whoever it may be, you know, everybody has different family concerns. I think there are going to be some players who are clearly not going to want to be quarantined for a long period of time. And if enough of the, if enough players say that MLB is probably going to have to look at something else, because uh, I think the human part of all of this is, is going to be factored in more so than, you know, kind of what's right for the game. If the players are uncomfortable um, and you're asking somebody to, you know, who's going to be worried about their family or their wife or their children or whatever, maybe uh, that would be asking a lot. So, there's probably a way to figure it out, and that's I think that's what they're doing now. They're, they're just trying to figure out what the best way is to do this. Yeah, yeah, especially now more than ever, the um, the human factor is um, is important in uh, decisions like this. Um, so, all right, so all these plans rumored for the 2020 season, um, there's more than likely going to be a shortened shortened amount of games played uh, in whatever kind of season we may end up getting. Um, with a World Series in November or whatnot. Um, so obviously back in February, going back to the Red Sox here, the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts and David Price to the Dodgers for Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong. Now with this season, um, in the likelihood for shorter games, uh, do you think the Red Sox find themselves in a better position than a few months ago in terms of what they got from the Dodgers for, um, for Mookie and uh, David Price? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you're now the Dodgers are not going to get 162 games out of Mookie Betts. That's pretty evident. Uh, so the less Mookie Betts can play, the better it looks for the Red Sox because those young guys will be under team control for years to come. Uh, they also benefit because 
had the season started on time, Alex Verdugo was, was obviously going to be on the disabled list because of his back injury. Now it looks like, you know, he would be recovered by any time the season would start. So you'll get uh, more out of Verdugo than you would have otherwise. And um, so, yeah, it turns out to be, you know, not by anything that they intended to do, but it, you know, it turns out to be a, a better deal for the Red Sox now. And the other aspect of this, it'll be interesting to see if this happens. So with, with teams losing money and the sport losing money, um, how many teams out there now are going to be able to give Mookie Betts the kind of contract that he thinks he, he should get, oh, which yeah. is well over $300 million. So it, when, when Mookie becomes a free agent after this season, the Red Sox could be better positioned to try to bring him back than they would have otherwise. So uh, the, the financial part of that, uh, maybe that could be something that leads Mookie Betts back to Boston. We don't know. So uh, maybe... You know, the idea that there was this national pandemic and he might not be comfortable living someplace where he hasn't lived before. There's a lot of things that could change now that could maybe end up with Mookie being back in Boston. I'd be surprised if that were to happen, but I think the odds of that are better now than they were maybe, you know, back in January and February. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This um, this financial uh, problem with baseball losing money now could definitely lead to a uh, slower market for top free agents like uh, Mookie Betts and... Um, JT Real Muto in Philadelphia. All right, so we're going to get back to the 2020 season here. Um, obviously, there's um, going to be a need for a second spring training to ramp up for whatever, however long the season might be. Um, and it's rumored to be about more likely three or four weeks long. Do you think that's a long eno- um, that time is long enough for players to potentially get back in shape, or do you think it would need to be a couple weeks longer? Um, no, I don't think so. I think they're going to have expanded rosters, so that'll give managers a chance to break guys in during the season. And the other part of it is they're going to want to, everybody involved is going to want to get to the regular season as fast as they can so they can all start making money. Uh, the team is going to feel that way. The players are going to feel that way. The players don't get paid during spring training. They don't get paid until the season starts. So, uh, yeah, I think we might see spring training maybe 14, 18 days, something like that. I think it'll be quick. Uh, I think most of the players will have stayed in some kind of reasonable shape. Uh, the pitchers will get two or three starts, and then I think they'll start the season. I think that's how it'll go. And then you'll see – I bet you you'll have like a 40-man roster to start the season. And uh, they'll have – you know, pitchers will start out going three innings or four innings maybe, and then build up. You'll have, you'll, you know, you'll see games with eight pitchers going in the first couple of weeks or whatever it may be until guys get built up. But, yeah, I think it'll be quick. I think, you know, you'll see a, a pretty rapid build up, and then they'll, they'll try to get the season started as fast as they can. All right, yep, that definitely, that probably sounds likely. Um, And obviously with the expanded rosters now potentially because of the shortened spring training now, um, do you think, what is this, what do you think this means, expanded rosters for um, the minor league baseball season? Well, uh, you know, I wrote a story the other day about uh, what's going on with Pawtucket and uh, the issue with the minor league season is is basically economic. Um, minor league teams don't make any money off of television and radio revenue, very little money. Yeah. All of their revenue comes from uh, people going to the game. And if people can't go to the game, it would be hard for the minor leagues, I think, to have a season. Uh, they, yeah. they would bring, bring in no money. They wouldn't be able to pay people who you know work for them and things like that. So I, I think the minor league season is very much in danger. And the other part of it is if you have expanded rosters for the big league team, that's going to take away a number of players. The draft this year is probably only going to be five rounds, maybe ten. That's going to take away a number of players who would normally play in the lower levels of the minors. 
So there's going to be fewer guys in the minor leagues. Uh, so that's going to, I think, make it problematic. So I, at this point, I think the, the best hope for a minor league season would be games played at spring training complexes without fans as a development sort of thing, where you could see maybe the Red Sox have three minor league teams that are playing in Florida against nearby teams, and they get in, I don't know, like a 40- or 50-game season uh, just in those backfields, and that there would be no necessarily like – I don't think you're going to see games at minor league ballparks. That's, I guess that's what I'm getting Yeah, at. yeah. All right. Yeah, that's um, minor league baseball. Obviously, it's not going to uh, do very well this season. Um, and now because of that, the f- the season of minor league baseball in doubt, obviously this winter there was um, – MLB wanted to cut the minor leagues. Do you think minor league baseball might be more inclined to agree to that now due to less players being in the minor leagues and um, less a chance of a season? Yeah, I mean, obviously MLB didn't intend for this to happen, but the pandemic is basically going to force their plan through because I think you're going to see a number of teams that are going to uh, go bankrupt because they're not making you know, independent uh, teams that are owned by you know individuals are going to go bankrupt and That'll eliminate a certain number of teams. Uh, you're also going to see, uh, you know, in general, just the fact that there's fewer players is going to is going to hurt. Um, and I think minor league baseball is going to be sort of forced in, in a way to agree to what MLB wants to do. And you'll you'll probably see 40 teams, uh, maybe more, taken off. You know, kind of eliminated or, or going into independent leagues or something like that. And um, you'll see. I think every team have you know, four affiliates instead of five, and maybe rookie league teams condensed and, and only played at the complexes. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think you're going to see a vast change in the minor leagues in the, in the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's obviously, that's not what anybody wants to do because some of these, um, the local communities with minor league teams, that's used, that can sometimes support the local economy there. And if, if those teams uh, don't um, come into existence anymore, they don't play again then that's obviously not going to be good for anybody um and that also yeah that's that's not that's not good for anybody um so we're gonna go back um do you think um that mlb is going to be able to finish the season in um in the vast majority of cities obviously some cities are more of a uh, COVID-19 hotspot than others, namely New York City. And um, obviously there's doubt that teams like the Yankees and Mets can get back into their stadiums due to the situation there. So do you think they're going to do this regional division thing for the whole season? Or do you think they may be able to realistically get back to their home cities by September or October? Well, what was interesting is uh, the governor of New York put um, one of the Yankees officials and one of the Mets officials on his, uh, you know, committee to restart the state. I don't know what they're calling it, but, you know, it's essentially the committee about what they're going to do about restarting things. So I think there is a chance you could see baseball in New York without fans, certainly, you know, just have the, the people who need to be there at the field. Um, now, I don't know if that's going to work everywhere, but I think MLB is, is probably going to try to find some way to get games played at the home ballparks. Um, and maybe some teams will have to stay in Florida or Arizona because their cities won't be available or whatever it may be. But um, I think a lot's, a lot has changed in the last two weeks, and I think a lot's going to change between now and the middle of June. You know, you're talking about a month and a half. 
And if by that point there's a lot more testing and the curve is flattened, I, I think you'll see, you know, the opportunity at least for most of the teams, if not all of the teams, to be able to go back to their home parks um, without fans, but able to play in their own facilities. And if the travel is condensed, it's only in, you know, the Red Sox never go anywhere further than Miami. Um, you know, maybe it could work. Uh, I think that seems like a reasonable thing to, to think that that could work. And uh, obviously, uh, people are starving for sports, you know. And if, yeah, yeah. If they could offer 85 games of baseball. That would be, you know, financially successful, I would think. Yeah, obviously, that uh, sounds good. But that's the big question is if they can get back into their cities. Um, so um, with this season, um, potentially, more than likely having uh, fewer games um, earlier in this pandemic. Some people will um, have questioned the legitimacy of any team that would win the World Series this year, whether or not it will be as earned as the teams playing a 162-game season and winning the World Series. But obviously in this time, you have the season paused, and then you have the season resumed with fuller with shorter games, so obviously there's going to be some difficulty there in terms of getting baseball back so do you think that there would be an asterisk or a doubt around the team that whoever wins the world series this year or is it legitimate well no i mean anybody who would do that i mean that's kind of foolish i mean obviously there was a national crisis there's a huge pandemic i think everybody would understand you know that everybody did the best they could and it's going to be like that for the nba it's going to be like that for the nhl it's going to be like that for the uh, epl you know all the leagues around the world so uh, they'll figure out a way to name a champion, and then people will accept that. What I, I think, if anybody were to complain about that, you'd look silly, given you know all of the people who have died and, and all the terrible things that have happened. Uh, yeah, this is just part of uh, moving on and, and trying to, you know, if, if there's a MLB's talking. To, when I heard this, they're talking about a, a larger playoff system. They would have more teams involved. There will be some kind of system where a champion will be crowned, and, and yeah. that'll be it. We'll figure it out. So, yeah. All right. Um, so. You know, um, Here's the one thing. What if somebody hits 400? You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. There, there have been guys who have hit 400 over 100 games, you know, and so if somebody hits 400, um, you know, that'll be a great accomplishment, but are you, you, know, you won't really be able to say, well, that's the first guy to hit 400 since Ted Williams. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so stuff like that will be, but I think that'll be more fun to talk about. It won't be, you know, I don't think it'll be a controversy or anything. <laughs> yeah, that's um that would definitely be uh something interesting to talk about for sure. Um so I'm going to go back to the issue of the draft that we talked about earlier. Obviously, it's um trimmed down to at least 10 rounds, but it's more than likely going to be somewhere in between 5 and 10. Uh MLB still wants to have it on June 10th. Um and given the um large success of the um virtual NFL draft is that um and the fact that obviously um, more people might be inclined to watch as the NFL draft shattered um, viewership records. Um, obviously, they're going to have to do a virtual draft, but um, do you think they would do it um, in a very similar way as the NFL, or would do you think they'd try to make it a little bit different? No, I don't think it'll be similar to the NFL because people don't know who the players are in the major league, in the baseball draft. Yeah. And in the football draft, everybody knows those guys. They they. You know, they watch Alabama and Auburn on TV. They they know about all of the players. In the baseball draft, 
there's probably not, you know, you could stop 100 people on the street and ask them who the top prospect is in the baseball draft and no, nobody would have any idea. Yeah. So I think among hardcore baseball fans, there will be interest. And I'm sure it'll be on MLB Network or MLB, you know, .com or whatever it may be. But I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, like, like ESPN is going to want the rights to the Major League Baseball draft, especially if it's only five rounds. Um, there won't be really anybody who's, you know, there's, there's no famous college baseball player out there. So I, I think it'll be interesting for baseball fans, but it won't be a, a phenomenon like the NFL draft. That's, you know, that's for sure. All right. Yep. Um and obviously, uh, because of this, the MLB, because of the situation, MLB has canceled all the international events, the international travel this year, be it the London series or the series that were supposed to be in uh, Puerto Rico and Mexico. Um, and there's, they haven't officially canceled um, the, I don't think they've officially canceled the, um, the Little League series in August that was supposed to be the Red Sox and Orioles, as well as the... Um, was supposed to be the Field of Dreams series at that field in Iowa. Do you think that gets canceled, or do you think they still play the games there? Well, I think the Little League thing will almost certainly get canceled, right? I don't know if they've canceled the Little League season yet, but I'm sure they're heading in that direction. And I can't imagine MLB would want to put on an event where you could potentially be endangering the health of of kids. Yeah, yeah. That would seem pretty unlikely. And with the Iowa thing... I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about that, but, I mean, they had to literally build a ballpark out there. Yeah. I wonder if, with the shutdown, if, um, you know, building the ballpark has been, you know, stopped. You know, that, that wouldn't seem like an essential business. So um, I'd be surprised if any of those special events were held, to be honest with you, because I think the Yankees were supposed to play the White Sox, right? Uh, yeah, I think that was the matchup, yep. Right, and if they're going to put everybody into those the regional divisions – the Yankees wouldn't be in the same division as the White Sox. So, um, yeah, I'd be surprised if any of those special events were held, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think you're going to see them. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of the Strikeout Central podcast with Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe. You can see some of his work at bostonglobe.com slash sports, and you can check out his Twitter account at Pete Abe. If you would like to read about baseball news by the day, check out my website at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily posts. Stay tuned for episode four coming soon. I'm your host, Michael. Be sure to have a good day and please stay safe out there. Thank you.